0: The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ to be with you all. Amen. We return once again this morning to the 17th chapter of the book of Acts, beginning with verse 22. Then Paul stood in the midst of the Areopagus and said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are very re- religious, for as I was passing through and considering the objects of your worship, I even found an altar with this inscription, to the unknown God. Therefore, the one whom you worship without knowing, him I proclaim to you. This is the word of God. In the name of Jesus Christ, who bids us go and preach the gospel to every creature. Dear friends in Christ, over the past weeks we've been discussing how Paul's experience in Athens illustrates some of the most important aspects of effective Christian witnessing. It requires, obviously, a sincere care for people's souls. It also will often require a courageous heart when your witness meets with mockery and pushback and sometimes even persecution and personal danger. But our text continues with a further illustration of a very important requirement. An effective Christian witness is semper paratus always prepared with a catered approach." Did you notice in our text how Paul caters his approach to the people he's addressing, the specific audience these men in Athens? He's talking after all to polytheists, people who worship many different gods, who are rank idolaters. They don't know the first thing about the true God, but Paul doesn't slam them right away with the law. He doesn't dismiss them out of hand as hopeless unbelievers. From our perspective, of course, there are no people who are hopeless, not as long as they have life and not as long as the Word of God has power. No, Paul reaches out to them. He plays the angles. He caters his approach specifically to them, those philosophers. Men of Athens... I perceive that in all things you are very religious. You people are obviously interested in things that are spiritual and and that's good. In fact, as I was walking through your temple, I saw all the altars to all the different gods and I even saw one that said to the unknown God. Well, guess what, Athenians? I'm here to tell you about that unknown God. His name is Jesus Christ. Semper Paratus. Paul was always prepared to proclaim Christ with an approach that was catered to the specific people he was talking to, Athenians, Corinthians, Romans, the people in Jerusalem. Paul tailored his approach to the audience. He said, to the Jews, I became as a Jew that I might win Jews to those who are under the law as under the law that I might win those who are under the law to the weak, I became as weak that I might win the weak." I have become all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. Are you ready to do the same thing? Do you have a catered approach to Christian witnessing? Or maybe I should ask, do you have an approach? Are you interested? Can you even be bothered? Because if you're anything like me, You're constantly fighting that foot-dragging laziness of the old Adam. We're reluctant to, as the Bible says, study to show ourselves approved because we don't like studying. It's hard. And besides, we've got other things to do, don't we? It's been like 10 minutes already since I last checked my Instagram. Well, Jesus could be bothered. He cared deeply And he showed it by how carefully he catered his approach to sinners. He knew, for instance, just which parables would touch the hearts of fishermen. He knew just which word of law would strike at the heart of a rich young ruler. He knew just which personal detail to reveal to shake the complacency of the woman by the well. Jesus knew and catered his message precisely to what the woman taken in adultery needed to hear at that moment. Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Above all, Jesus knew the exact approach, the only approach, really, to take in solving the problem of a world lost in sin. And that turned out to be literally an approach, a sloping approach to an ominous hill that resembled a human skull. In a little over a week, Lent begins. You will again embark on that profound and moving journey with your Savior. You will again be privileged to witness how Jesus suffered and died on that hill in your place. In Him, all your sins yes, even those sins that are lying heavy on your heart right now. Even those sins that the devil whispered to you could never be forgiven. All your sins have now been forgiven and forgotten because of what happened on that hill. Your guilt, it is finished, said the dying Jesus. Your fear of final condemnation finished forever. Your shame finished. And thus the gates of hell clang shut behind you and the doors of eternal life swing open ahead. Praise be to God. What a relief. What a release. How do we live after that? Impossible to keep the good news to ourselves. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. We could get up on the roof and shout it to people passing by, but that's not what Paul did. The gospel message is always the same, but the approach is frequently different. Cater your outreach to the person you're talking to. Think carefully about who it is you're preaching Christ to. What's their background? What are their interests? How can you get your gospel foot in the door with that person? Sainted CLC pastor Warren Fanning used to say that... uh, When it comes to uh, friendship evangelism, the first thing to do is be a friend. Get to know somebody and be their friend. And when they trust you and are acquainted with you, that's when you'll be able to uh, influence them with the the good news of the gospel. (coughs) Many of you took the Apologetics mini-course that was offered this past week, and Knowing the presenter, I'm sure it was very interesting. All of this can help you cater your approach so that you'll have different approaches to use depending on who it is you're talking about Jesus with. You just have to be prepared to plant the seed of God's Word because the harvest, of course, is in His hands, not yours. And He does promise that there will be a harvest for His Word will not return to Him void. And what if, what if the gospel spoken by you to someone else ends up being the vehicle through which the Holy Spirit brings eternal life to that person? Imagine the joy if someone comes up to you in heaven and says, thank you, thank you for talking to me about Jesus. Thank you for bringing to me Christ's salvation. And while we're at it, what if that person has four Christian children and 13 Christian grandchildren? If that ends up being the only thing you accomplish with your entire life, how profoundly important your life will have been. Certainly preparedness is important. I read a very interesting book a short time ago about the traits of an elite group of people Disaster survivors, those few people who live when hundreds of others are killed in a plane crash or a ferry boat sinking or an earthquake. It's very interesting. One thing all these people turn out to have in common is that they're prepared ahead of time. They're the rare few people who are always thinking ahead, what exit will I use if this plane crashes? Where is the nearest life vest if this ferry boat capsizes? The ones who are mentally prepared make good survivors. Good Christian witnesses are the same way. They're the ones who are always thinking ahead, always anticipating opportunities to tell people about Jesus, to proclaim Christ to others, and are ready. And finally, that's why Semper Paratus is a great motto for every Christian witness, because they're always prepared with a care for souls, always prepared with a courageous heart, and always prepared with an approach catered to their hearers. God grant that each of us may be such a prepared Christian witness. Amen. We'll conclude with stanzas two and three of hymn 507. 507, two and three.